Welcome to the Chasing Squirrels Lab. In the lab, we talk with educators and innovators and creators and makers that are using cool tools to sometimes recreate the classroom experience, inspire their students, and definitely inspire themselves. Before we get on to the episode, I just wanted to take a quick moment and kind of talk about my process for making this podcast and definitely a couple other podcasts that I'm involved with. It's always fascinating to me how I get kind of blindsided um, in the process of making these podcasts because sometimes the tech works great, sometimes the tech doesn't work so great, but ultimately I'm constantly learning. Now, I'm not claiming to have any sort of mastery of the tools that I have here. I've got GarageBand working off of my 2013 MacBook Pro. I have I picked up a, a decent microphone from Blue. It's a snowball. What else do I got? I use Zencaster often to capture the audio. Um, Free Music Archive is where I can get some Creative Commons music. And sometimes I use GarageBand to create the music as well. But I'll tell you, not everything always goes as planned. And today, I got to talk with Aviva Dunziger, who is just a phenomenal observer of her students' learning. And she uses digital tools to get there. She'll get to explain what she does soon. But this is a great example of where we tried a couple times to get this conversation to happen. And on both occasions, the technology was, well, let's just say it was making decisions on its own. But I'll tell you, despite the fact that some of the audio in this conversation is a little swirly, it's a little bit glitchy, the overall conversation rings true. And you can hear not only the experience, but the planning and the tactical approach that Aviva uses to use her digital tools to notice, capture, and reflect on the learning of her students. And I, and I absolutely encourage you that uh, you follow up with Aviva on Twitter and her other channels if you have any more questions or curiosities as to how you could start to do this yourself. Here's the episode. All right, here we are in Chasing Squirrels Lab. I am talking today with Aviva Dunziger. And Aviva came to my attention through Twitter, where I was able to see a pretty amazing array of assessment captures. And, and I wondered to myself, what were all the ed tech tools that she and her team were using in order to notice learning? Because the still life photos and some of the videos, I thought to myself, there's some real deep skill here in noticing uh, small moments as important developmental kind of stages of learning. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Aviva. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Fantastic. Could you give I'm us a hearing to talk about that. I know. Go ahead. I was just going to say to talk in person to you, I'm very passionate about I love mm-hmm. um, looking at different assessment tools and exploring different ways to assess student learning. So can, can you speak a little bit to, I guess, on the front end, the, the collections of tools that, uh, that sort of feed your point of view, that allow you to see the learning? How do you, how you bring those pieces together? Well, um, so one of the biggest things for me and for my partner as well is we spent a lot of time before school even started really reading and discussing the new kindergarten program document. Understanding of not just the expectations, but the front matter and the pedagogy really behind the document and what it was that we were trying to 
get at within the document within our classroom. So um, really when we were planning, we were planning really with the document in mind and looking at those kinds of ideas. And then um, for us right now, it was it was kind of looking at the idea that women is that you see what the students are doing and you make the link between their interests and the things that they are doing within the classroom to the expectations. So instead of planning with the overall expectations in mind or even specific ones in mind, we're really looking at what the students are already doing and noticing and naming the learning. And so with part of that, it means that we are really spending our entire day watching, talking with, questioning, and spending time with kids. And and those that really is the only way to notice all those. You really have to insert yourself into the play. And somewhere our students really see us in it, where we might sit down with a group, um, you know, very noticeably watch what they're saying, listen to them, and then maybe ask some questions to extend that learning. And sometimes that's done kind of quietly, which I find happens a lot out in our forest area that we're lucky enough to have where often we will almost like speak up behind the learning that's already taking place so that we can we can watch we can watch it as it unfolds and so it's not about them performing for us it's really watching and distance to start and then we kind of get closer and with the closer might intervene with those questions and comments to kind of extend that learning. So I often find the kinds of things that I share on Instagram or on Twitter um, are a combination of the things that my teaching partner are often things that we started um, by observing that situation for a while before we actually went closer and captured that learning and possibly extended it with the use of questioning. I, I gotta say, I, I highly recommend, you know, anyone that is, is listening to this this podcast or you know comes across your posts to spend time just looking at the details of the picture and I wondered when I was looking at some of those images and I communicated part of this to online that whole you know observing without changing so being able to capture media without it without it sort of moving into kind of selfie mentality where the kids are aware that there's a there's someone capturing their assessment and I was struck I was struck by the fact that it seems like your students are very comfortable with you existing in this space and I extend that to think that if they're comfortable with the method of you know I just had this image of you sort of sneaking through the woods to sort of get a, a picture of them making a stick a piece of uh, you know a stick sculpture or negotiating the the angles of a tree branch and and that that's mathematics that you is i can, I can yeah. see the triangle as you talk about it and i can just imagine they're like oh there's miss dunziger you know yeah she, she's doing her thing how do you how do you and let's say your teaching partner reflect on that as in you know trying to keep a little bit of that that neutrality yeah so so that was something at the something that the kids weren't necessarily um, used to and it seemed a little bit more like a performance when the um, when the camera was there right or the iPad was out 
and the pictures were being taken or the video was being recorded. And now they are kind of accustomed to it. Sometimes um, students will call us over. So they'll say, you know, Miss mm -hmm. Dunsiger, can you come and see this? And they'll even tell me, like, I, I'd like you to take a picture of this or I want you to take a video of this. So they'll even kind of communicate uh, what it is that they're looking for. I think, I think the key with that neutrality a little bit longer. So um, it becomes, you start to ask the questions, insert our ideas, um, talk, ask them to do something. Um, and I even find sometimes these great moments happen and I haven't recorded it. And then sometimes I'll ask them to go back again and try to explain it. And that's when it all kind of falls apart. And it never sounds quite as good the second time around as it was the first. And, and both my teaching partner and I, we talk about that a lot on, oh, we just captured that the first time. It sounded perfect. We asked, you know, we asked them to go back and kind of review. It just, it doesn't have that same kind of authentic feel. Um, to it, but it's hard to know because there are moments where I find like I'm leading with that picture, that video, I'm going over thinking that yeah, this is, and then there's other times that I just kind of immerse myself and I think afterwards, oh, I kind of wish I did capture that because it showed um, such a great moment of, you know, the child demonstrating the skill or persevering or problem solving and oh, it would, and that often, to be honest with you, is when I do things like the pic collage where I might write, a, mm. write up the dialogue, even with Oda picture or with maybe not the best of pictures to go with, because I really wanted to, to capture that moment, even though I wasn't able to maybe capture it mm -hmm. at the time. And, and my teaching partner and I, we spend a lot of time with each other. And at the end of the day, we probably spend close to an hour, if not longer, kind of going back and reviewing the kinds of discussions that one person saw and the other person didn't. And sometimes she'll even tell me a story and she hasn't necessarily written it up, but I might write it up afterwards um, and even include it in the Daily Post because I thought it was something that was really um, interesting and I thought really captured a specific skill or um, kind of moved something that maybe we were doing for a specific inquiry along. And I might write it up then, even though I wasn't the one that observed it, but just mm -hmm. based on our discussion. So it is, Part of it is that back and forth discussion with each other about how to, you know, about how, um, about how we necessarily capture it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, as I, as I, uh, I was curious about what the sort of the reflective practice that comes out of that. And, and I believe me, I've, I've tried to take enough picture. It's walking on the scene of my own children and they're doing something. I'm like, oh, I'm reaching for the camera. And then it's like, um, could you just like, climb that tree again and kind of do that really natural, happy face that you're doing? Because it really gave me the good feels. And then it's, you know, no one's going to see this on, on, the, on the video podcast, but the smile is a little bit like, you know, and they just can't capture the moment. They're like, okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to go hide in the bushes and try and get that photo again. When, when you're capturing or when you're, when you're, I guess it, it goes into that curation form as in when, you know, you're giving the, the write up on it, or I see your students sometimes um, as well will um, include their own writing pieces in the images and the uh, creations that they make. What is this discussion, and this could be with your students as well or your teaching partner, what's the discussion like about the audience that's on the other side of that? So that discussion about the importance of sharing and, and who's getting it, who's it going to? So um, I have a number of parents that will follow my uh, Twitter account during the day. So 
they are going out throughout the day. Some students know that. So sometimes um, our students make choices about the kinds of things that they want to share because they know that their mom or dad is kind of watching and seeing the stuff going out. We have one child that does his own um, pick collages. He, he seems to be the one that doesn't chosen a specific background for his collages because mm -hmm. his, he's told his mom to look for that background. So he said that if she sees that background, then she knows that it's his collage. And he's told us not to use the background so that his mom doesn't get confused. So he's been very vocal on um, on that. And it's been um, a big inspiration for him to write because he was not a very big writer at the beginning of the year. This mm -hmm. is something that he really now he's looking in terms of that audience. For him, it is really all about his mother. Um, sometimes the kinds of feedback, though, that we get from other educators, we have shared with our students some of the things that educators have said um, in response to a video, a piece of information or something that we've shared. So students kind of feel special that the stuff that they're sharing is out there and that other people are um, seeing. We're also cognizant in terms of the audience as well. So we like to look at the documentation, not as a way as of, of evaluating, capturing the learning that's happening. So of celebrating what students are doing and to, do, to either extend that learning, to deal with a specific mini lesson, um, to address a specific topic or where our next step might be. Um, if we sometimes, I will sometimes capture earlier in the day and not shared until later because sometimes we'll talk and say you know how do we feel about putting this out there how are people going to respond to it is this something that people are going to have a problem with and if we find that it could be questionable then sometimes that's something i might just email to a specific parent mm -hmm. but not necessarily share on social media so um or i might take out a piece of it so that's what i did the other day i i shared a piece of what a student had done Quite remarkable but there was another piece of that that I while I was really proud of what he did I wasn't sure how others would respond to what he had written so I chose to take out that piece before sharing it on social media I just shared part of what he did not the whole thing and then I shared with the parent the whole thing so the parent got to see everything but others got to see a piece because I really thought that his growth was remarkable and was something worth celebrating, but that I needed to be aware of the audience that was looking at him. Mm -hmm. Work. I love the um, I love the the bit of the student with his signature background. I was just I was talking with a student just before we, we left for the, the weekend, and the student makes music, and he makes a lot of um, electronic music, and he was talking about how often electronic musicians will have some sort of a signature uh, it's either a drop or a build or a certain baseline that they constantly will somehow weave it into there so it's kind of like individuals that are in the know if they never actually see the name on there they'll hear it and they're like i know who that is or i know who influenced that so i, I totally get what that kid is saying like only use my paisley backdrop because that's the one my parents are going to see right away I also dig the idea of anonymity, as in you could use a lot more of their stuff and not necessarily have to put their name on it. It could just be the work. Yeah, and piece is important. So um, 
I will sometimes, some parents have asked for me to use the full name of their child, mm -hmm. um, largely because they're searching through a bunch of documentation, a blog post at the end of the day, yeah. and they find it easier to just view it. So often if I use the name of the child, it's because a parent has actually said to me, could you use that name? Because if I see their name in the tweet or in the picture, then I know to look at it or look at the video or, you know, take a closer peek. I don't have time to go through everything. I appreciate that. And so I do that. Um, often I use just first initials because I know the child myself, but not everybody else has to know them. And so the initial piece will help. Sometimes I just write the discussion without using the name or an initial because I can see enough of the picture of the child to know who that child is. The parent can see enough of the picture of the child to know who that child is. And nobody else really needs to know who the child is. And often if I use the actual name of the student, it would be without a picture of that child that's there. So it might be Sometimes I'll write down a conversation as we're, you know, as people are sharing ideas. Instead of recording a video, I might write down what each individual child shared. In this case, there's no picture to go with it. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is kind of balancing all and keeping into account the idea that, you know, we are dealing with younger students. We want to make sure that we're being safe online and that we're making everybody, teachers, students, parents, happy with the option and the same goes that if i start to record say a video the child's doing and the child says i'd rather you not record that and sometimes they will i i respect that too and i stop the recording or i might ask why and they might say i don't want my mom to see that because i'm making this present or doing that mm -hmm. they'll say oh well could i keep that part for me but not share it on our blog and they'll say yes so i try to keep I try to listen to that feedback that comes to because those those students will share even though they're younger the kinds of things that they want shared, but they also speak out if there's something that they don't want. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. So just just before we wrap up, I, I the the there there will be individuals thinking to themselves, I want to step into this zone. I, I want to give this a try. And there'll be a number of different sort of motivators for an educator to test the waters of digital capture within the classroom. I am gobsmacked at the depth of the planning that you have done to come into this. Your sort of understanding, I mean, your lead talking about making sure we understand the curriculum inside and out so that we know we, we, we have given ourselves the proper pre-knowledge for the look for You're going in looking for these moments and that's that's a powerful thing. It's not happenstance, it's not accidental. You're hunting, you're hunting for learning and moments of curiosity, which is awesome. So let's say someone else is in that exact same mode. They, they have read the document, but they need just a little bit of a nudge to sort of take that next step. For you, when you look at the body of work, that you now have with these students and the work that the student has produced. What is it that you notice about the value of this? What, what is it that, what is it that kind of motivates you to just go way back Because it's a lot of work. You do a lot of work to capture this, this learning. What do you think is the thing that will motivate a, a teacher just about to get to try? What would you what would you say to them? Well, I think one of the things that I think is one of the biggest motivators is that as educators, we're always worried about seeing growth in students. Mm -hmm. 
that growth? How do we know that our children are learning? And when we really have this um, accumulation of work and work that's been captured in so many different ways so that it's not always about the handwritten thing. It's not always about the book that's read, but it is, you know, reading, it is writing, it is communicating. All of a sudden we start to see this massive growth because we can go back to that learning that happened before and we can even show students that. So we have children now that are really starting to reflect on Oh, I remember at the beginning of the year where I wouldn't even write my hold the pencil and write, and now I'm writing full sentences. I'm writing stories, right? So then, then when even as when an administrator says to me, "Well, okay, fine, you know what you've embraced and you've embraced the learning that comes with it, but how do you know that your children are learning?" Mm -hmm. I can say, "Well, we can go back and we can look at that same child back in September to now, and I see that child that wouldn't even." their mom's name now helping another student learn how to you know that that just sound that they hear at the at beginning of the word is a ch so we've got this like i won't write down an m to now supporting another child in their life and so i think that for me one of the biggest motivators is that the time is worth it because you really do get get that picture that image of the child that growth of the child and really being able to from there determine that next step and that's that's hard to capture in just a work product right like we th we think of like that whole we think of growing success we think of the triangulation of data right it's a product but often when we take out that digital piece a lot of what we're left with seems to be that work product like how do we know all the thinking that went behind that rough draft where now it really isn't just about the product. It is really that whole process of learning. And this really helps capture that process. It helps capture those conversations. It helps capture um, the, the little ways that that child has demonstrated learning in the different environments. So that student make a risk inside the classroom is taking a risk outside. They are problem solving outside, even though they may not be problem solving inside. So then, for us, the next question can be, okay, so how do we help then transfer some of that knowledge from what's happening outside into the classroom? What can we do to support that learning, right? So it's it's powerful for our conversations as educators. It's also powerful for parents to be able to see, and it's powerful for kids to be able to see the difference that they have, they've made. It's awesome. It really is. I, 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 I I fully appreciate the the time and the detail and the reflection and not only and also the reciprocity here where it, it, it strikes me that it you have a team that's kind of helping you move through these and that's a good good to have that sort of that critical partner that can kind of say, are we on the right track? Are we still doing what we intended with these assessment tools? We're still connecting with the audience that we hope to. Are the kids still getting this stuff? Because I think also some of the conversations we find ourselves in and using digital tech is that it is the end game, but it's not. It's just, it's one of the tools right now that we can use. And what I love, I just keep coming back to this, is that you are so clear. You are so clear on the, the, the motivation, the method, and the product that comes out of it. And, and I really, I hope, um, I hope I get a thousand clicks and likes on this one, because really this is, there, there are some, 
kind of unicorns that we have in using EdTech that we kind of get it. We hope it's sort of we're on the right track with it. We hope that we're using it the right way. And conversations like this, I think, will motivate some people to go, yeah, this is actually, this is where we are. This is where we are. Because they see a, a full day uh, kindergarten user, they're like, oh, I'm in like a grade nine teacher. And I've got this well thought out plan being given to me for free by a, by a kindergarten, uh, by a kindergarten instructor that has obviously made the plans to make it happen. So this is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, so where would you like people to find you? I'm hoping that tons of people start, you know, knocking down your Twitter door and saying, I want to find out more. I want to know a little bit, a little bit oh. deeper with this. Where would you like to be found? Um, well, probably the best, I, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at, at I-V-A-L-O-C-A, or my professional blog is a Dunsiger, D-U-N-S-I-G-E-R.com. This is awesome. That's all I got. You've Thank wowed you. me. No, it was, this was very cool. Very cool. You've, you've, um, you've, you've set another little fire in me. I got to find a way. I don't have the, I don't have all the, my program doesn't allow for the same. I wish we could go outside more. Um, but my program for another day, it's just, we, we tend to be just in the class. But I, I, I think I'm going to try, I'm going to be lensing a little bit. Because I do have some parents that do want to see what the kids are doing during the day. They fully appreciate that kind of documentation for sure. So, um, I hope you have a fantastic remaining of the weekend. Thank you, you too. Thank you for Great. giving your time back to me again. No problem, thank you. Thanks for the discussion. And uh, I look forward to the next time we meet. Thank you, take care. Take Bye. Chasing Squirrels Lab can be found on iTunes with the rest of the Chasing Squirrels podcast episodes. You can also contact me at chrisjclough at gmail. And if you want to get a quick contact, throw me a tweet at the exact same handle. Thank you for spending time with me.